0: Festival of Football, presented by Billy Harvey and Henry Barrett. Alright everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Festival of Football podcast with Billy Harvey and myself, Henry Barrett. Today we're going to briefly go over what we think of the Euro so far, um, the, the sad Christian Eriksen incident, um, thankfully he's on the men now so that's good. And then the main part of the podcast, we're going to be doing a, well, Billy will give his 11, I'll give mine 11, and then we'll see if we can get a combined 11 for the best ever West Ham team. Um, probably we'll base it off the fact of team players that we've seen more than um, legend legends. I mean, me, maybe me more, I'll have more legends in there than Billy because he's that's, that's be a scummy Tottenham
1: fan um but yeah so what, what do you think of the euro so far Bill? It's been great like it's been great watching the games like I spent when the weather was a bit nicer I was in the garden over the weekend watching the games from like two till ten o'clock at night so it was just, it's it been a night it's been a great experience I think the quality of football is good the, like there's been some shocks along the way as well um yeah I can't really complain it's on every day I mean there's a game on at two today so you can't really argue with that can you? No, no,
0: it's been, it's been decent, to be fair. I mean, I got to the point where I was like, uh, like I didn't really want to watch any more games because I was watching so many. And then, you know, then you watch a couple of games, like you watch that Ukraine-Macedonia game. Like, for me, that's been one of the best games so far, simply because of just like neither team was defending the best. And then like you had Yarmolenko turning into Superman. I mean, I just, I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I should have caught... I said to uh, my partner's dad that Yamelenko is going to score first. Mm. And then he backed it, and I didn't, and he scores first. And I'm like, damn it, why did I back it? I should have just backed it. I knew he was going to score first. But yeah, I mean, Yarmolenko, uh, Ukraine had done pretty well, to be honest. I mean, we did both shout them out at the beginning. I said to you, I reckon they'll go all the way. I did my own video for my own YouTube channel, and I actually said that Ukraine are going to get to the semifinals. So I'm hoping that they do, because that would make me look good. But, um, yeah, I mean,
2: I think, I think
0: the, the best team so far, I don't necessarily think they're the best team in the tournament. I just think that they've played the best because of their group is Italy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they're the best team in the group. I, you look at yesterday when De Bruyne came on for Belgium, they looked like a different
2: teammate.
0: Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he took them from a C- to an A-star straight away. Like, it was, it was beyond the joke. But yeah, I think, I think um, I, I'd say Belgium, I think at the minute for me are favourites. I watch France and Germany. Germany look like they've got no attacking threat. They've got no main striker. They, they don't look like they've got creativity. Mm-hmm. France look like they're a
1: counter-attacking team. Yeah, they're a bit like PSG. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the way PSG play Mbappe wired and try and counter-attack, which is a shame because they've got so much good attacking talent. They've got so much talent, France, and they won that game at a canter. I mean, they, they could have had three goals. They had a couple disallowed. Germany just looked... Uh, we said it, didn't we, that Germany could implode because love is leaving at the end of the tournament, whatever happens. So what's the point in them showing up? They're in the toughest group and they've got Portugal next. Portugal beat them. It could be game over for Germany. I mean- Portugal are lucky, hungry, mate.
0: they look dodgy as hell, Portugal. They were missing chance after chance. They didn't, Portugal look like Liverpool with Mane and Salah. They don't want to pass to each other. You saw Jota so many times when he could have slipped Ronaldo in. He didn't want to. The chance that Ronaldo got when he was outside, like six yards out, open goal basically, and he blasted over the bar because he wasn't he getting the services used to, so he was snatching at shots. And then Hungary score, they get the disappointment of it being disallowed. That knocked them out, you know, in my opinion. And then Portugal got that lucky goal. And from there, that was it. It was game over. But Hungary don't look bad, mate. They look pretty decent, to be fair, considering they're missing their best player, who's out injured anyway. So, I mean, it's good. I mean, what about England? Did I or did I not
1: call that Trippier will be left back? Yeah, I mean, we knew it was going to happen, didn't we? Like As much as we wanted Chilwell or Shaw to play, he, he likes Trippier. He'll probably play again against Scotland as well. But to be fair to, to England, we actually played really well. I thought we, we controlled the game. Croatia never looked like scoring. We didn't have much going forward. That was the only problem. There wasn't much in the final third. But...
0: This is how you can see like, that football fans have different opinions. For me, we didn't play well at all. We were just hoofing the ball up front constantly. Uh, we were trying to hoof it upfield. Harry Kane, who didn't control the ball once, didn't bring the ball down once, wasn't linking the play with the, the runners from midfield. We got, on the day, we were lucky that we had a player that was miles and above beyond anyone else on the pitch, and that was Kelvin Phillips. If it weren't for him making that run, slipping in Sterling, it wouldn't have been, we would have drawed that game. It was mm. reminiscent of England, Algeria from the World Cup years ago. We were shocking in that game, mate. We, we we had no we had no rhythm of play, we had no pattern, we had no strategy. It was just, let's just hit it to Kane and hopefully we can do it. Pickford, how many times did he kick the ball out of play? Yeah, was, his, his delivery was awful, wasn't it, Pickford? In the game. And now Henderson's out. Well, we've got to stick with Pickford the whole time, mate. Honestly, he's a fucking prick, I swear. I can't stand... <laughs> him, no. I mean, everyone's picking up Sterling. For me, I don't think he had a good game. No, he I did don't. his best, he missed that chance anyway, hitting it straight at the keeper. So, I, I don't... I, I Personally, me, he needs to make two changes for Scotland. Scotland are a lesser team than Croatia, but they're going to be up for it more. So you need to play Jack Grealish, because he's going to get fouls, he's going to get them booked. They can end up getting a red card that will change the game and make it easier for us. And he needs to play a left back with a left foot. Mm-hmm. He needs in my opinion, I'd play sure because of the way that I've seen him play for Man United times. So if he puts in that type of performance against Scotland, I mean, I don't know who
1: Scotland's right back is, but I don't think they'll be able to handle that sort of play. No, so, he's not great. Stephen O'Donnell is their, is their right back. I think he's. Yeah. No, I've never heard of him, so. I think he plays for Motherwell, um, potentially or Kilmarnock, One of those two. Um, yeah, he's not. He's not the most well known. He didn't look that great against Czech Republic. To be fair, like to, you know, the game against Scotland will be. We'll either outplay them, and it'll be a huge win for us, or what I think will happen: there'll be drama. It will be a one-nil or a two-one, or you know, there'll be some kind of nonsense that we have to come back back oh, they're doing they're doing this like free bet thing, aren't they? On most betting sites, and I've
0: back to England to win 4-0 in one of them. I just, I just think if we turn up, we'll win it 4-0. It, it just depends. We need to get a goal early, smother them, out the game, done. If we play like we did against Croatia, we're playing into their hands, mate. Hoofing the ball forward. We need to play quick, intricate football. You know, I would play Rashford instead of Sterling. I'll play Grealish instead of Mount for this particular game because Grealish can pick the ball up, intricate little runs, get fouls on the edge of the box and whatever. Rashford can dart each run at that right back, as you said, um, with Shaw because they've already got that connection. And Foden off the left can do his bits what he wants. If it, I would play Harry Kane because it's Harry Kane, but I might even give Calvert Lewin a go in this game because of the simple fact of Kane was not with it in the last game. No he was not with it. The only good thing that happened in that game from Kane was him. We had two throw-ins where Sterling got through because of a throw. And that was because Kane and Mads' integrate movement of play. But I don't know. I just think we lack... What's the word I'm looking for? We lack a uh, system. We lack the... um. Certain, no, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a certain word I'm trying to think of. Philosophy. Um, philosophy, that is exactly it. We, we lack that, mate. We lack the philosophy of a team that knows what they want to do. Say what you want about France. They're playing a counter attack, whatever. They know how to play it. That's what they're going to play. You know, Hungary are going to defend and then do what they can. Ukraine, they even have a
1: philosophy. England, it's just like, no, we'll just see what happens. It's the same old shit, mate. No, well, we'll, we'll see. But I think the problem this time around is with this tournament, the draw, wherever we finish in the group, it's a tough, it's a tough draw. You're going to play a big team next, and then another big team, and then Mate. another. So there's no, there's this time, there's no Other hiding behind the draw. Other than France, we've got the best team, the best
0: squad in this tournament. You look at our squad, and you look at France's squad. I think they're on par. There's only a few players that France have got that are like levels above us. You know, in Kante. Canté, I wouldn't even put Pogba above certain players in England team so you, you I, that's no excuse for me and, and I'm looking at the way Portugal playing if they finish second mate I know they're our bogey team but if we don't beat them they're, they're, it's a failure again for England but let's move off England we could beat it all day
1: did you see the Christian Eriksen um, sad thing yeah I was watching it live so I was actually in the garden I watched the first game then I watched that one and I was hmm. like it, it looked like he fell over like I wasn't really paying too much attention. The game was a bit boring at that point, but... what it was, he, he he made the run because he was on the edge of the box when he went out for a
0: throw mm-hmm. and he ran to the ball to like, yeah. you know, do what you normally, touch it back. And as they threw it, he kind of fell stagily down to his knees and it hit his knee and went off. And you knew straight away something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see the the physios, uh, the players doing the thing with his tongue and whatever and the, the physios come on the medical team and as soon as you saw that they were taking your shirt off and whatever else... Yeah, you knew it was... You cut it, mate. And the BBC, I don't care what excuse they use. oh, it was from your wafer's cameras, and we didn't control that. No, you go back to the studio. I don't care if Gary Lineker's mid-eating sandwich or whatever else. You go back to the studio and you say, um, because of the, dist- the, 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 the distressing scenes, we can't show this. it it, principally it would be wrong for us to show it because at the end of the day you showed a man Mm -hmm. dead being given cpr right Mm -hmm. during what was it four o'clock five Mm o'clock kids would have been at at home watching that game yeah saying mom dad what is happening that's distressing i was in shock for about an hour two hours yeah it took me time to get over it and i've you know I'm trained to do CPR, yeah, so I've witnessed it firsthand, but even watching it on the TV, that distressed me a little bit. So imagine if a, a school kid's watching that, you know, or like you know a little kid's watching it. Worse, what's if his family's watching it and they get yeah. they have to watch it. I mean if he if he actually died and God forbid he, you know he doesn't nothing happens to him since this. Um, they would have been
1: in so much trouble, and I think they should still be. Yeah, and I think it is distressing, and like watching it, and the longer it went on, the longer they had the feed on. And I know the Danish players; they they made the shield around him and stuff. And that that was actually, you know, really good. And what uh, Simon care did as well by putting him into the recovery position, making sure he didn't like swallow his tongue and stuff. It yeah, and they great. kept zooming in. They kept zooming in to try and get more of yeah, a shot. In. I know. I, the, the camera light, it was awful. They should have just cut it, like you said. But I think when when you were when, like was watching it, I went and got a drink. of came back like. And then it was still going on, and I remember I texted you. I was like, I actually thought he had gone, like yeah, because the, the amount of time it was going on, and you know they would, you could clearly see they were trying to resuscitate him, and you were like, yeah, there's something not quite right here, and it just, it just felt that the feeling that I had watching it's that you're watching someone trying to bring someone back to life, if that makes sense. And so
0: basically, he died, and they were doing uh, CPR for like ten minutes with the defibrillator, and the first ten minutes is the crucial part. And that's what they say. If anyone, you know, collapses like that and they stop breathing, the first 10 minutes are the most crucial part of any CPR. That's why you've got to try and get someone there that's trained as soon as possible, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's sad. I mean, I'm glad that he's on the men now.
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, his footballing career, you would say, is over. But then again, maybe not. Because you know, you've got Danny Blind that's got yep. that deep rib in his heart, you know. So he still plays. So you have to wait and see, but the main important thing for him, he's alive, his family's still got his family, his kids still got a dad, and that's the main thing that, that matters about it all. I just think the BBC were scummy to not cut away, and then when they realised the backlash, oh, we'll just blame you, AFA. But UEFA have still got their own shit to deal with because how can you make Denmark play that game? I don't care what a player says to me. If he says, oh, yeah, yeah, we're playing there, and
1: We know he's OK, we're playing. No, 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 no. No, that's not, a good, that's not good. You, like, And I, I think, like, Casper um, Michael's dad came out and said that they were given three options. You either play when they played, you play mm-hmm. tomorrow, or you get a 3-0 loss. But like, to be honest... How could they? You couldn't. Like, I know they did go and play the game, and obviously they lost. And you could see they wasn't mentally there because. People... Only got to look at Michael. The one save he had to make. Look what he did. Because exactly. he never.
0: I was in the pub watching it at the time, and I said to my dad, "Like, he's had nothing to do. The other players are running around creating chances, so their mind's not on it. He's standing down the other end on his own, thinking constantly, yeah. right next to where it happened." about his friend, you know, them two have come through Denmark's, whatever, you know, they've been with Denmark for years. He's probably sitting there looking at that spot, thinking, my friend has nearly died. He could still nearly die. What if that happens to me? What about my family? What about my kids? Do, do, yeah. do, do, do. Oh, the head up, the head header, crap. And then he don't save it. It was despicable, by the way, that they made him play that game. And I don't care what anyone says, they made him play that game. If I was the Denmark team, I would have said, make us lose 3-0. Yeah. Because then, when and then, when UEFA have to explain that Denmark refused to play the game the night of or the day after, so they lost 3 0, it would have put it back on UEFA
1: that they've made them have to play the game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like you know, UEFA should have just said to them, Look, we'll give you because there's plenty of time. I mean, they could have played the game before they played Belgium, they could have moved it around slightly, hmm. like they, they could have figured out something, but to make them play. Mate, it weren't it weren't like something you
0: know, it weren't someone you know run on the pitch and got the game called off. Like you look at Man United, Liverpool, the COVID, they broke COVID rules, yeah. got in the stadium, so they cancelled the game. Right? Yeah. Somebody died on the pitch, was miraculously brought back to life on the pitch, mm-hmm. and you're saying, will you either play today, play tomorrow, or forfeit? Where is the compassion in football gone, man? Where where is like, he died. You know, he didn't break his leg and it was a horrific injury. He died on the pitch. Yeah. But you're still going to be cold-blooded and heartless. So all this shit about the ESL and UEFA for the integrity of the game, and all they showed for me they're just as bad, mate, just as bad. And at the end of the day, yeah, I think UEFA should be shunned and sh- uh, be shamed of themselves. Same as the BBC for showing it all.
1: Disgraceful. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, let's just say, for example, had that been Ronaldo, would UEFA have done the same thing? Would they take the same action against any other team? I mean, we'll never know, but it just seemed as if, like, they were trying to bully Denmark into playing. And... They That's a little no, no team, little no team. That's it, yeah. And if it was a bigger team, if it was an Mbappe or a Ronaldo or a Pogba or... Yeah. or you've, only
0: got, you've only got to look at UEFA have dealt with Arnatovic's, um racist outburst that he had when he scored his goal so yeah. apparently he made a racist comment um, but they have suspended him from one game for manhandling an opponent not the racist part so you know you went for a joke
1: always yeah. happened we have said it before yeah so
0: yeah what anyway,
1: it we'll, move, we'll move
0: on now to the best West Ham team ever um, to be honest with you I've not put no thought into this I was just going to wing it <laughs> um, it's not the best thing to say. <laughs> well no, because obviously I know West Ham inside out, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of them things. I mean, you think about
2: goalkeepers
0: straight away, like I'm struggling straight away. Um the only one that really stands out for me, uh, and it was probably even before I went to watch West Ham is Ludo McClosco. Okay. Um The only other ones that come remotely close to him is probably Rob Green or... I used to like Jimmy Walker. Okay. When he was in a championship. But no, I think I'll have to go for Ludo. Because he just... He was West Ham through and through. Maybe I could say Shaka. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that was was my pick. My pick was going to be Big Shaka. I just remember uh, him being, oh, was just a Newcastle legend and then obviously he went to West Ham and he played in the FA Cup final, didn't he, as well? So, for me, he, he came at a time when, obviously, West Ham were kind of in that period of up and down, like, Championship, Premier League. like
0: oh, we, had him, we had him before, didn't we?
1: Yeah.
0: When, when he came back to the and he got to the FA Cup final, that was the second time he came. But, yeah, no, I know what you mean. But, yeah, I, I'll say Ludo and go. You're saying Shakur Yeah,
1: another one to consider as well would have been um, David James.
0: Nah, 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 no, no. No? No, no,
1: no, no.
0: When he played for West Ham, that was his pure calamity James time.
1: <laughs> well, I think he was England number one at the time as well, wasn't he? Mate, okay, no. Nah, honestly. <laughs> just, just another name to throw out there, but yeah, I'm, I'll go for Shaka Hislop. Okay. Right back.
0: I mean, again, like, can you say someone that only played a little bit for West Ham and then went on to do other things... Or should I say somebody that's played really like a long time for West Ham? The first name I thought of when I thought of right back, and that's what I want to go. on. Who's the first person I think of when I say these positions? And the first one I thought of when I said right back was Glenn Johnson, but he only played for West Ham for like six months.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, can I say somehow because he's only been there
1: recently? I mean, it's like. I don't know who are you sound for right back. I'm going to go with someone again that was coming in that golden era. Well, it's not a golden era, is it? But kind of that growing up era, I'll call it. I'm going to go for Thomas Repka. I know he played centre back as well, but he played right back a fair few he times. Played, no, he, he did. He played right
0: back as well,
1: mate. Yeah. I just thought like he, he embodied the spirit of the club, that kind of like aggressive, no nonsense, like yeah. puts in a tackle, does a shift. Like, outspoken, like, bit of a hard yeah. man type thing. I think he kind of really? embodies that West Ham spirit. So you that's why I went for him.
0: You could also put uh, Lucas Nil, Christian Daly.
1: Yeah, Christian Daly was another one I, I thought about.
0: When I used to go West Ham, that would be the song for Christian Daly. Oh, Christian
1: Daly, I'll let you, my wife. Oh, Christian Daly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did think about Christian Daly, I and mean, he might still be in my team, but. Yeah. Um, right back's a struggle for me,
0: mate, to be honest. No one really, like, stands out. Like, he was an amazing right back. Um, I remember, what's, he, what's his name? Shamel or something like that. Oh, remember? yeah. The he was, guy. He, yeah, he was decent, like, proper decent at the time.
1: What about um, Lionel Scaloni?
0: No, nah, mate, it costs us the FA Cup, but that's stupid, throw. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I really don't know who to pick for a right back. I'm really struggling. Man. Oh, you could do a Gareth South and pick four. Yeah, yeah, I should chill <laughs> <laughs> out. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what? Because I'm not getting any right backs coming to my mind, shooting out at me. It might seem ridiculous, but I'm going to put Safao in there. Okay. For me, he's the best in that position I've seen since I've been going to West Ham and, and you know, watching them for all the years. I've been watching them. As I said, maybe pre what I've watched and where well I was, like my dad's era, there yeah. might have been a better right back. But the only real player that I can remotely think of moving on to my next pick is Bobby Moore. He has to be in there for me. Okay. Um, centre back along with Rio Ferdinand, Bobby Moore and Rio Ferdinand and my centre back partnership. We've had some good centre backs over the year, but Bobby Moore is he's the only person that's English to lift the World Cup. Yep. So for me, if he's played for your club, you know, he's won us the FA Cup a few times, he has to be in there for me. And Rio Ferdinand, probably one of the best England centre backs we've ever had started his career at West Ham. So for mm-hmm. me it has to be in a
1: yeah those are my two centre backs as well. I th- I think they're they're the two easiest ones to pick because you've got a World Cup winner and then you've got Ferdinand as well who went on to achieve so much. Um, but yeah just some other notable picks you could have had Anton Ferdinand could have been one. I thought about Anton but putting us right back. Yeah you could do that as well. I mean Anton yeah. Ferdinand back in the day was you know he was a decent player. I mean people took the piss out of him because he wasn't as good as Rio but he wasn't a bad defender. He went bad, mate. He was—he had the Ferdinand jeans
0: You could have also said, um, "What was the name gone?" It just come in my head and gone now. <laughs> anyway, say your next one. Oh, that was it. That was it. John Terry.
1: He started his career at West Ham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have gone for him as well. Um, I'm trying to think of any other centre backs that you've had that that are quite liked. I think. I Upson. think that, yeah, Upson was another one in that kind of growing up era, as I'm calling it, uh, that you could have gone for too. Um, yeah, but I think the centre-backs, they picked themselves, did they they? Were, I think that was the two easiest positions on on the field, if I'm honest. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, Left-back, now this is
0: two jumped at me straight away. One jumped at me first, and then the other one came into my head when you were talking about Repco and his hard tackles and stuff. So the first one, Julian Dix. Yeah. And then the second one was Stuart Pierce. Oh, that's- yeah, we, we got Stuart Pierce when he was towards the end of his career. Um, I can't see past Dixie though, to be honest. He, once again, he was probably just before my time, and I didn't really see much of him. But from what I have seen of him, like, when he, he stepped up for a penalty, the goalkeeper used to run like he was He, he was he was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I'm left back Junior Dix for me.
1: Yeah, I, I went for the same, the same, the same person as well. Just because he embodies that West Ham spirit, like repka, like aggressive, no nonsense, tough man, like intimidating. He's he just embodies that kind of like persona of the club, if that makes sense. I mean, that's probably not the, the club, probably don't want to be associated with that, but that's the kind of way that I see West Ham and West Ham fans, if that makes sense. He's the you know, do you know what?
0: You could have Cristiano Ronaldo, right? But I, in all honesty, would believe West Ham would prefer a player that gave 120% run down, blocked the ball, put in some tackles more than someone like Ronaldo, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, because
0: yeah, 100%. Because we're, we're not a Man United or a Chelsea or an Arsenal or a Liverpool or a Man United or a City. You so know, I didn't put Tottenham in that conversation. <laughs> um, the reason being is because we 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 have to fight from underneath, you know, that, and that's what we are as a fan base. Um, yeah, I just uh, I think you I think you're right. It does
1: embody the club. Um, what's the formation down forward? Whichever formation you like, like you could pick four two three one, four four three, four four two. It's up to you. I think I'll go for four four two. Yeah, because I need to get two strikers in there.
0: Then I could drop one of them out. Oh, I don't know. I'll just go 4-4-2, fuck it. Sure. So, I don't know where to start first, with my controversial one on the left mid or do the centre mids first. I do centre mid first. The first centre mid, now you could pick, well, there's loads you could pick from here. You could put Joe Cole in there, you could put Michael Carrick, you could put uh, Scott Parker, who single-handedly took us forward, mm-hmm. um, Mark Noble, just for being a legend of the club that he is. Declan Rice has to get a shout. Yeah. Such could even get a shout because of what he's doing. Um and then just um, you, you, you took basically you pick yours by I think about more
1: in my head. Sure. So I, I've gone for like so I'll play like I'm going to play four, three, three, but like four, two, three, one basically. So I'm going to pick two central midfield players. And I'm going to go for Lampard because it's frank lampard he's a beast like probably the premier league's best ever central midfielder if not one of them um the things he's gone on to do and beside him i'm going to put um joe cole because technically technically gifted probably the best technical player england had seen since paul gascoigne at that point like he could do everything he was an english Ronaldinho. i mean he could play central midfield he could play as a 10 um, but yeah, I'm going to put him central midfield because that's where he sort of, he played. I know he was kicked out onto the left-hand side, but I don't feel yeah. like he, he suits there. So that, those are going to be the two for me. And I think it was quite easy picks as well. But yeah, like you it's said, you could have picked Scott Parker. It's, you could it's have not picked... for me, mate.
0: It's not. Do you know why it's not? Because you're, It's one. once again, from an outside point of view, oh yeah, Lampard, Carl, oh, easy picks. But from a West Ham point of view, it's not. Mark Noble has got to be up there with bobby Moore and Paolo De Canio, as in like the the best players that have ever played for us. Not so much because of the quality but because of of what he done for the club, what he's put in for the club. There was a time when Man United wanted to buy him when he was in his you could say his prime and he didn't go because he wanted to stay at West Ham. And it's it's a one man club and I think that has to be honoured in West Ham's all-time eleven. Um I thought about Lampard and then I didn't do you know what I'm going to change it up? I'm not going to go 4-4-2. I'm going to play the same as what you are. And I'm going to go with the two central midfielders, Mark Noble, Frank Lampard. Fair enough. And in Cam, I'm going to put Joe Cole.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense to put him as a Cam. My, my Cam, I'm going to go. I know DeCanio is a striker, but I'm going to put him as Cam because I've gone for a controversial pick up front. And I want um I want DeCanio in the team as well. Because again, he's another one that. Embodied the club, Di Canio. Like he, he drove you forward. He could do things that no one else could. Like that bicycle, like scissor kick goal, whatever you want to call it. That was immense. Yep. And it, and then he would go and punch a referee. So like he, he could do the magic horn and then he could do the ridiculous at the same time. It was. He, it was. He never, he never punched a referee, Bill. He pushed him. Yeah, well, he looked, the referee looked like he'd been punched, but yeah, he did push him. You are <laughs> technically right, but yeah, he, he was just one of those, one of those players, like very outspoken. Like you know, he, he would intimidate teams as well because they knew he could he could do the brilliant things. Uh, when was it Barthez stopped playing and um, didn't the Canio pick up the ball or something as well? He did, he did, so it was so. It was, we, we
0: played the ball through, it was offside. Um, the linesman didn't put his flag up. Barthez stood there with his hand in the air trying to put the canyon off, just slotted the ball past him. The other thing that De Canio did was when we played Everton, 90th minute, the goalkeeper went down injured. Whipped in the cross to Kanyo, right, he's not going to edit it anyway because he's not a great header of the ball. But instead of editing it or trying to score, he catched the ball and walked over to the goalkeeper and was like, no, the goalkeeper needs um, medical support. So that's more important." Which is fair play to him. I mean, I don't think Harry Redner at the time appreciated it. But hey-ho, no. there you go. Um, what I will say is uh, I'll move on to my left midfielder and right midfielder. I might surprise a few people,
1: but I'm going to put Trevor Sinclair. Oh, he was a great player. Like, I think he's one of the most underrated English players that yep. have played in the Premier League. I remember when he went, he went you to... Mentioned, you mentioned that goal, yeah? The Canyon bicycle kick,
0: whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for the ball that Travis Sinclair played to him that day, he would not have scored that goal. Nope so you... As much as De was brilliant for scoring that goal, you've got to also praise the pass, praise the assist that Travis Sinclair put in. And for me, you could have a few players in there from right mid, um, but for me, yeah, I, I've got to put Travis Sinclair in there because he he was he was the sort of player that you could, you he could do something on his day, you know that that. Not not a lot of people could do. So, you know, with Lampard, Noble, Sinclair and Cole, I feel like I've got a good, you know, Noble's the one that will sit and play the quarterback position. Lampard will burst in behind, Joe Cole's doing his bits. Sinclair's on the right, whipping ball's in on the left midfield. Now, West Ham fans, you can, you can say what you want about this player. You can hate him, but you can't discredit what he did. He nearly single-handedly got West Ham into the Champions League a few years ago. He changed us from a rubbish team to a crazy team. And if we still had until today, we would be in the top six every year, I believe, because he he up he single-handedly took players that weren't at a level to the next level. And if you don't know what I'm talking about by now, it's Dimitri Payet. He has to be in his team. He he came in. I mean, for Marseille, everyone was like, well, is he, is he going to be all right? Is he going to be like another foreign player that doesn't do what he should do and all this nonsense? But he comes in, hits the ground running, mate. Him and Lanzini were like, freaking hell, mate. They were on fire that season. He, he made Noble into Prime, Iniesta, Xavi. Like, he turned, he, he just, he, he single grabbed the rest of
1: the team and pulled them off and when you've got a player that can do that, mate, know what I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't argue with Pi. That's who I was going to go for at left midfield, like you, like left winger. Like you said, he did some magical things, he scored some bangers as well, like free kicks. But he was the complete player for you, and it, you know, he, it was a shame that he left in the way that he did. And he, he went to Marseille, and I thought he should have really gone to someone like a City or a United or a Chelsea I or someone. You know Someone outside of the club like yourself wouldn't know about it, but
0: I've heard that the reason he left West Ham was because he's missed his fan out. He was playing away. Oh. And the only way that she would forgive him and move on was as if they all moved back to Marseille, where they were from.
1: Makes sense, then. If you have got to put it... Yeah, that made sense. But, I mean, it ruined his career, really, because he was on a high with West Ham, and then he went back to Marseille and worst
0: thing is we got offered i think like 40 50 million from a chinese club for him and we rejected it and then in january the next year we accepted 20 odd million for him like a discount price we've we've got history of doing that we've done that with an as well
1: yeah but yeah so you've gone with pie on the left pie on the left and then yeah i think i can't really look beyond trevor sinclair i growing up he's in that growing up period as i keep calling it (laughs) And I remember World Cup 2002 and he went to that and then he was playing as well. So, and he got into that so-called golden generation team and you think, I don't think enough respect is put on what he achieved in his career. I know he didn't win much, but given, given the players that we had at the time and to get into that squad, that was probably our best yeah. team in 2002, that, you know, when players were at their pinnacle. Yeah, he was the son hero for that World Cup team. He it. was. He was, yeah. He, he was 100%. And, that's why I think I couldn't look beyond him playing right midfield. I was trying to think of the other options that you guys had, and I couldn't really think of anyone that would go above and beyond him. So,
0: mm.
1: Yeah, to be honest with you, I can't, at this
0: run, at this moment in time, I can't think of anyone that stands out to me like Trevor Sinclair did. No. Um, looking at it, moving to striker... <laughs> This is well worth it, too, because there's so many options, right? You've yep. got Dean Ashton.
2: Oh so yeah. I,
0: I think Dean Ashton, if he didn't get that injury, he would have been the next big England striker.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but unfortunately, you've got that injury that, that ruled him out. You've got um, Teddy Sherman. Yep. People might forget that he played for West Ham. Les Ferdinand, Ian Wright. um, what the best one of the best strikers ever, Tony Cotty? Yeah, I mean, an unsung hero that a lot of outside people think about Colton Cole, he's a West Ham legend for what he did for the club. Yeah, um, you have also got Paolo Walnchop, yeah, Palo Di Canio yeah, uh, mate, there's so many Frank McAveni,
1: Jeff Fred- Hurst, Frederick Canute, Canute is right, well, Jermaine Defoe 20, oh, so. but, gone, shit. but you've yeah. missed out the best player, I think, in, in, in that list. What, well, Michel Antonio? No, Marlon Harewood.
0: Yeah, I mean, he could have gone on the right, to be fair.
1: Marlon Harewood. No, do
0: you know you could have said? Uh, was Brian Dean.
1: Yeah, another underrated player. But I think I'm going to put in my team, as a bit of a joke, Enna Valencia.
0: Come on, man. It's the best ever West Ham players. You can't put
1: Valencia in there. <laughs> no, I won't, I won't. He won't get in. But yeah, like I said, there's so much choice, isn't there? Even if you look- I'll tell you what, there was a player that, that broke, that equaled the record
0: before Vardy did crazy bits was that Saka. Is it Saka or Sako? Sako. Sacco. He scored seven goals in seven games for West Ham. Yeah. And then he wanted to leave the same way that Piatt did, like just being a bit of a knob to be honest. But yeah, I mean, he, he deserves a shout out for doing that record. Yeah. Um but obviously I can't look past Paolo Di Canio. if I was going to pick two like I initially was, because I wasn't going to have Joe Cole in my team. And then you mentioned oh well, I was I was batting between Joe Cole, Noble and Lampard. I didn't know to pick out them three. I, I thought you picked I, Noble by like, it's madness. Because he, he is West Ham, mate. Yeah, but he's a bang average player, isn't he? All right, so when you think of Tottenham's 11, yeah, you, you're going to pick a player that you know embodies Tottenham. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you've got, to, you've got to have that one player in your team that embodies Tottenham. I probably won't pick that player because I'm looking at it from the outside point of view. Yeah, true. You, do you know what I mean? And, that, and every, if you ask everyone, even Man United fans, they'll probably pick you know, Dennis Irwin or someone like that, whereas we'd pick more established names or fancier names, you know? Like Eric LeBron.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> 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 Maybe he's won more Premier Leagues than Steven Gerrard. He has. He has. You can't argue with facts. It's a fact. You know, sit here and do yeah. Rafa Benitez, talk about facts. There's one of them. What about Rafa Benitez going to
0: uh, Everton? That's another topic for another day. Madness. Um, but, uh, I was going to pick Tony Cotty and Paolo Di Canio. They were the two I was going to go with. Okay. But because I've only got one, I'm going to have to go with Paolo. Di Canio, to me, he's the best player the West Ham's ever had. He had that fiery outburst moment. He had the fire in him. Um, but on the day, he was... I told you I said before, world-class is thrown around too easily. But he was world-class. And if he was playing for a bigger team, he would have been in the the bracket of he's the world's best player. Some of the things he did at West Ham, I remember a game against Arsenal, he ripped them to shreds, to shreds. And you could, you could, On the goal alone, he scored against Wimbledon, that bicycle kick. You'd be like, yeah, man, he's amazing. He's the best player ever. ever." But he did that on multiple occasions. I remember a goal he scored against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. He was coming off of the right-hand side. He just flipped the ball up in the air, smashed it left foot volley in the back of the net. I'm like, what? But, like, honestly, the the reason, the only thing is about my team, I've got to be careful. I've got the Lampard and the Canio in. So, if he gets a penalty, I can't, I've got to be careful that they don't start fighting over the penalty again. But yeah, that'll be quite cool. I let Mark Noble take the penalties anyway. So,
1: there we go. I don't know. For me, I'm struggling to pick a striker. I'm stuck between two. So, I'm stuck between Jermaine Defoe, simply because I don't Mm. think the Premier League's seen a better finisher. Like, maybe Henri in his prime, but in terms of... Do you of know, you know why I didn't pick striker? the foe? I didn't pick the foe
0: simply because he weren't at West Ham long enough. That's fair enough. So if, I, if I'm basing it off of... that like You could say, oh, you've put Safao he's only been there for a little while. But for me, right back was more of a, a, an area where, you know, I can't... There's not that many standouts where a striker, there's a goddamn million strikers that I could pick from. You
1: know, yeah. even his name, Todorov. Oh, Spetislav Todorov.
0: Yeah. Led Bulgarian legend. <laughs> or oh, 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 Jeremy Adyadier. Oh, my
1: God. Jesus, he was crap. He was
0: all the we had in the championship, mate. Jesus.
1: Yeah, you had some real bad ones. I'm not picking Teddy Sheridan because I don't like him. He's a knob. Well, that's a bit offensive. That's true. I remember. I'll, I'll tell you why, actually, because I, when I was the, when I was playing football as a kid, we actually played against his son's team, and in those days, you didn't have like social media, you didn't have camera phones and that sort of stuff. So basically, you wanted an autograph. That was the thing, right? Mm. And mean, we, we waited till after the game, and obviously, I'm a Spurs fan, and he was playing for Tottenham at the time. It was just before he was going to Man United. Actually, it hadn't been announced yet, so we didn't know. Yeah, and yeah, it was like went up to him like big Spurs fan like can I get an autograph and he was like no I'm here to watch my son's game like just leave me alone I don't want the hassle and I get that like as an adult now you understand it but as a kid like to say that to a kid it's a bit like you then get the perception of him that something else if that makes sense yeah I mean you've took it you're going to take it to your grave isn't you You, you yeah and that's why I don't (laughs) like him and then like that's why I still don't like him now and like when I see him on TV and stuff, like he's not on there often. But I, I don't know. I just I don't like him, so I'm not putting him in my team. Uh, I saw him. Um, Who's under the mask?
0: wherever it is? Mask Singer. Yeah. To be fair, he was right on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just can't,
0: personally can't put on him. Once again, he he was at West Ham at the end of his career. If he if he did what he did at Tottenham and Man United at West Ham, then yeah, we had to be in there. But. He can't be in there because he was at the end of his career when he went to West Ham, so...
1: Yeah, for sure. I won't put him in because I don't like him personally anyway. But I think I was stuck between Defoe and Canute for me. And I think I'm going to go with Canute simply because I think he doesn't get enough respect as a striker. Like, he he went on to... i obviously played for Tottenham as well, so there's that. But he went on to Seville and they won three UEFA Cups with him in the team. He was a serious player. Mate, if
0: you're going to compare to... For me, it's got to be the phone. And the reason is, is because no matter where the foe went, he was banging in goals. He's still doing it now at Rangers when he plays. He don't play often, but when he plays, he scores. So, but it's your choice, obviously. But Yeah, I'm going to go okay. Canute. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, let us know, guys, who's got the better West Ham team. Obviously, I think it's me. Um, if you think I was wrong for putting Noble in, let me know. And if you think Billy was wrong for putting in Canute, let him know. <laughs>
2: um yeah but
0: yeah personally I think they're pretty decent teams to be fair and I mean you just you just look at it, I thought you know it was going to be a lot harder to put players in and players that I've not you know not even put in like Carrick, Parker, mm-hmm. Rice is not even in the team you know um it's just just craziness man just, uh, the players that West Ham had over the years, if we could have them all at one point, it would be amazing. Like honestly, like that's why they were named the Academy of Football. Because players that I'm not even mentioned that came through the academy, John Terry was at West Ham, David Beckham was at West Ham. Um, I think I heard rumours that Ashley Cole was as well, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, you know, and then obviously you had the team players that we picked: Joe Cole, Lampard. Carrick, that free there, right there. Carrick, Joe Cole, Lampard. Fuck me, mate. Yeah, that, it's just crazy, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and it's all around the same time as well, similar as time, like a couple of years apart or something. So, yeah. I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't deny they they produce some top talent over the years. And you, that's the only thing you haven't had recently. I know you've got Rice, but there isn't yeah, really been yeah. anyone else. We we we. So since
0: they sacked Tony Carr, they've not really. They sacked him because he weren't producing any more talent. Apparently, that was the rumours. Um, but he was there for so many years, and he brought through like to Joe Cole and Carrick and all that. And then you go and just sack the guy the way they did, and everything it was wrong. That was one of the first things that that of the ball did, that why West Ham fans don't like. And they didn't even—I don't think—they even give him any kind of like package to go away with. Even they just let him go. It was just yeah. disgusting. But the thing is, is there's always going to be style points, you know. You could say we've got Declan here. he came from Chelsea, then we brought him through. Um, I mean, there's a few on the cusp at the minute, but they don't give him the chance. I mean, I know there was a young lad, I think he's on loan at the minute, or he was before the end of the season. name's named some Xavier Silva, I think, or something like that. He plays up front. And he, like... He seems really exciting prospect, but they never give him a chance. He's always on the bench, if anything. And he's like, you've got to give these players a chance because you never know. And a club like West Ham, you're never going to have millions to spend. You've got to bring, I think at least once a year or once every two years, you've got to bring a youngster through and establish them in the first team. Because otherwise, you're just relying on players like freaking Zaza or, you know, Sebastian Haller, who don't work out. You spend these big money on them. For what? For nothing. Yeah. Whereas you can bring a youngster through. Yeah, he's gonna struggle. But give him time. We're not we're not a man united. We're not a man city. We don't need to to you know win every single game. Yes, it'd be lovely to win every single game, but that's never gonna happen for us. So we need to bring these youngsters through. And this year, I'm hoping we need to buy. We've not bought yet, and I'm really worried that we're not buying anyone. It's really like starting to worry me. But we need to bring some youngsters through at times at this season because we've got so many games to play with Europa League and everything. We need to do it. Otherwise, you know, you're basically going to be asking your players to basically get injured because we're not got a big squad.
1: Yeah, So yeah. it's one of those things, Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? But yeah, I think they even like even if you look at the bench that you could have had as well, like you can put players like Nigel Rio Carrick, Christian Daly. Yeah. List goes oh. on. Do you know what player we didn't actually mention that deserves to be on this list? Bobby Zamora. Oh yeah. Or oh, you could have had Tevez, Mascherano. Shit, I didn't even think of Tevez. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I've got to change the own team. I've got to, the old got to change the team. Yeah, I've got to change Canute for Tevez. <laughs> you know what? Tevez again was that player that
0: brought everyone from where they were up. Yeah. Do you know what? I think I'm gonna take out. I'm gonna take out Trevor Sinclair. I'm gonna move Joe Cole on the right. I'm gonna drop part Duc- of no, actually, I'm gonna play Kenya and Tevez up top together, and they're gonna be lingering around. Thank you for mentioning Tevez. I completely <laughs> right? I don't know where that went at the but yeah, he's definitely in there. Can you That's forget what about Tevez, mate? Do you know why? Because I'm doing it off the cuff. If I sat down and I probably would have gone from players back in the day as well. Yeah. But you know, like Jeff Hurst and things like that. But you, for me, it had to be more players that I've seen and witnessed firsthand as well. Like eventually, we'll get round to doing like an all-time Premier League eleven or something like that, and it would have to be players that we've witnessed and seen and whatever else, and go from there. But. I Think that'll be interesting. one. Well, maybe we can do that next or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, it Makes sense.
0: We definitely have to talk about what's happening at Tottenham with this manager situation. Oh, Tottenham are in advance talks with Oh, never mind. It's Oh, but now we are in Advance talks with this one.
1: Oh no, but it's not. Oh,
2: they're in advance, talks. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah.
1: It's a merry-go-round. <laughs> it's like everyone comes in.
0: Uh, we want you to be the manager of Tottenham. Oh, okay. Um what, what what's the plans for this year? Avoid relegation. Oh no! Thank you, bye. Yeah, you're <laughs> not wrong, and yeah, yeah. We'll it's talk funny, about it on another one. But the funny, the funny thing is that is that you just got linked yesterday with
1: Catuzzo, and now today it's no nope, not coming. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah, because it was trending on Twitter, uh, Twitter like say no to Catuzzo or something. He's an awful mm. coach. Like he's like the bloody Italian Steve Bruce. What's the Mate, point? At this point, you're going to end up with Sean Dyche. No, oh, he won't, we, no, we won't, he won't get
0: sure. If it was West Ham, I'd rather him than all these Italian managers that you're being linked with that have never been in the Premier League, never know what the, the league's like. It's not what it is. It, it's
1: just anyone who's cheap and available. It, yeah, it, it, it's, it's embarrassing. It's honestly it's embarrassing. But that's Daniel Levy for you. That's the way he wants to run the club. Yeah. Well, we'll go into more detail about that probably
0: in a few weeks' time. Um, We'll have a special um, more in-depth about the Euros once the group stages are finished. We'll do another podcast about that, explaining how the groups went, what we thought of that, and previewing the knockout stages, basically. And also probably even next week or the week after we'll have a special Tottenham episode where we'll pick the all-time 11 Tottenham players, which will be quite interesting because I mean, you've got some decent players. I mean, not so many as good as what West Ham had, but you've got some decent players in there, you know. Well,
1: we've got some great players. We've got Berbatov, Klingsman, Gascoigne. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Well, what you're like, I mean. Aussie Ardelius, Ricky Villa. If, we've if, got if some... we're going to say,
0: yeah, who's the best player to go out on a booze up with, yeah,
1: Gascoigne's in the team. I, it's a bit, yeah, there is that. <laughs> but in terms of like best technically gifted Tottenham player, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously,
0: you're going to see this what I mean. You're going to pick players that I've not even thought about because you're Tottenham. Yeah. Same as when I said Mark Noble, you're like, Mark Noble, why is he in there? You know, you're going to say someone, I'm going to go, really? You're going to pick him over blah, 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 because of simply I've seen him from the outside point of view. I think the only player that anyone would ever agree with. Is the King. He's the only one that has to probably be issuing but we'll talk about that more next time when we do the episode. But thank you, for, thank you for coming on, Bill, and um, thank you for letting us keep doing these um, insightful podcasts that people like to listen to. Because at the end of the day, you know, if it weren't for the people listening, we wouldn't be making them, would we? So thank you, everyone, for listening. And yeah, if you're liking what you're listening to, give it a share. Let people know what we're doing because. No, we wanna we wanna get big, don't we?
1: That's the idea, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we don't we don't want normal jobs, we want podcasts to be a normal job, getting on like Akin Fenwar on
1: and uh you know, people like that. Yeah, we can get uh NF Valencia on, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that! after you sat there and called him a donkey
1: that'd <laughs> be great wouldn't it we like get these like people that you talk on on like the podcast you know like on some other podcast where they get guests on and you're like yeah, yeah who did you get on enna valencia what happened it didn't go very well for me he <laughs> <You laughs> wasn't very happy well no. i can imagine mate but yeah
0: so, yeah, guys, check us out on all the socials. And um, if, as I said, if you're liking what you're listening to, give us a share and let us know what you think. We, we like the feedback so we can improve and, and adjust things if we need to. But, yeah, once again, thank you for watching. And it's a goodbye from me, goodbye from Billy, and we'll see you on the next one.
1: See you on the next
0: one. Festival of Football Podcast, presented by Henry Barrett and Billy Harvey. We'll see you on the next one.